Here we go. Sweat Equity Podcast streaming show, the number one business comedy comedy business podcast in the world. Can I do that? We got Light Townsend on representing Greenpoint Research. We talking weed, we getting high. Yeah, son. Uh, what, what award did we just win? Best business podcast in the universe. By the Global Awards? The, it's called, now you got, I, I think it's called it the up. Global Awards. While you look that up, make sure to go on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, rate us five stars. Give us a little review. That helps the show out big time. Subscribe if you like. Hit that little bell button. You know, smash that bell button. Smash that subscribe button. Smash it. Yeah. The Business Podcast of the Year from Corporate Livewire Global Awards 2122. That's hot, baby. Suck my pussy from behind. Lizzo, you loving it, girl. Uh, this episode's brought to you by your gut biome intelligence test biome. Get 70, 70% off your gut intelligence test and supplements with our link to health insights, uh, personal food recommendations and precision supplements formulated just for you. I touched your nipple. Or at least not I where tried. my nipple is. Well, you got big silver dollar nipples. That's what the audience doesn't know. Yes, they do. We just go back some episodes where we didn't have our shirts on. Done it like a hundred times. Nice try. It was cold in the room. Touche. All right. Uh, what? Get 70% off. You want to know about the flora and fauna of your gut? You want to you wanna have a better performance in 2020? Two, mm-hmm. find out about yourself. Get this biome, your gut biome, intelligence test and supplements with a link in our episode description. Let's get this party started. Howdy, daddy. about my sweat equity? Sweat equity. Sweat 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 equity. My sweat equity. My, my, my sweat equity. These have changed. No, the framing's changed at some frame, point. I think your head got bigger, honestly. I don't care. I'm out of frame. <laughs> Fuck it. And we should. We need to keep all of this in the show. No, oh, it's staying. I'll even talk into the microphone for it. All right. Light, uh, light and Robin. Um, Robin's off camera a little bit, but it doesn't matter. We're mostly audio, but if you want to watch on video, why don't you tell people uh, where to go? And what y'all are all about it uh, at that fine logo and branding you have there. I wore it, I wore it just for you, man. Thanks, man. Did you make it? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, where do people branding. go to find out about you? We like to do the plugs at the top of the show. Plugs at the top. Uh, First for yourself. But... Um, the Gramco.com. Uh, Insta handles. Robin, I don't, what, what are the Insta Instagram and Twitter handles. Yeah, the underscore gramco.com. The underscore gramco for Instagram. And sativa doll. And sativa.com and sativa doll. Sativa doll? S A T I V I D O L. Wow. So we've got a couple different, you know, there's a, there's a couple different things going on. So Greenpoint uh, is really like a, a cannabinoid production platform. So we have seed all the way to shelf for retail products. And then we've also got retail products 
uh, under two brands, one called Sativadol and then one called uh, Gramco. Okay. Yeah. So those are brand extensions off of uh, your main kind of brand there with Greenpoint. Yes. So, and, you know, I'm glad you spelled that correctly because as an Auburn grad, I don't do very well with the words reading out loud or spelling on this show. Finally, you admit it. <laughs> so uh, Auburn's light, fault. light at least gets to average it out to uh, about go. even money with my, yeah. my deficit and you being able to do it. Um, what did it help out? What? So you and I talk on the phone every, every now and again, it pretty much is almost like a podcast about uh, a lot of different businessy things, but what y'all are doing um is is really interesting and kind of high level. So let's let's go through that. I know you just kind of threw out your your elevator pitch of what y'all are, but let's break that down a little bit. What does seed to retail mean? Is that y'all are sure. involved every part of the supply chain for hemp or marijuana or both or what are we talking? Do you like to party? Yeah. <laughs> we like to party. Uh, our, our our business is is all business though. So you know we're exclusively focused on hemp production. So federally legal cannabis, uh, which is a, a good kind of distinction to kind of draw. So in 2014, hemp was legalized. And then really 2018, it was able to be commercialized uh, in the U.S. And so the, the line in the sand between those two products is if I grow a product, it's a cannabis plant that has less than 0.3% THC. Mm-hmm. If a True Leaf or a Certera or uh, any of the other bigger cannabis brands that are medical or recreational focused grow a cannabis plant, that plant has more than 0.3% THC. So nice. our production is focused exclusively on low THC, federally legal cannabis. Yeah, what we used to call regs back in the day. No, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, uh, when you're trying to smoke, you're like, "Can I smoke this?" When you're in high yeah, school, talk about that the other day. <laughs> Sitting in the car for an hour and a half, the world's shittiest weed. Ooh, is that him? Nope, not him. First time you smoked, yeah, you, the back with, uh, with all of the little seeds and stems and everything. Oh so. yeah, ours looks a little bit better than that. Well, the first time you smoked, what was it? Did you get high? And what did you smoke out of? I'm very curious. Yeah. Yes, and a J. A J. Yeah. A Jewish poorly, oh. poorly rolled. Poorly rolled, Jay. Poorly rolled. Too tight or, or just too loose? Oh, too loose. Very loose. It's like one that had a run down the side that like spanned it all the way down and the top was still not even touched. It was amazing. Feat of engineering. You know, mine was uh, MLK Day. Now, oh, we're supposed to be. How about yours? No, mine was MLK Day. Now that I think about it. Ninth grade. Uh, also racist. Three years ago. Out of uh, ninth grade, out of um, a Mountain Dew can crinkled in the middle at my one of my best friend Blake Moser's house. Mm, wait, why, way to narc him out. Yeah, Blake. I'm sure he cares. Uh, um, and then we uh, wrestled on the trampoline, a bunch of us dudes, and I got my ass beat. Yeah. And that's when I realized I wasn't the biggest guy in eighth grade anymore. I was the smallest guy in ninth grade. I felt like you were going to say the biggest gay guy. Just now, you almost said... Oh, no. Well, I did get a boner on the trampoline wrestling, yeah. you know, but I, I hit it under my, my mesh shirt. Is, it matters. I'm just saying it seemed like you wanted to say that. The just to will sneak up on you, man. Well, and my N1 mesh shorts didn't help, and, you know... Uh, Your love for balls. And look, wrestling's kind of gay, if you really think about it. 
no, at every level. Um, what, what about you? Like, do you have one or are you allowed to talk about yeah, it yeah. as no, a representative of the, of the company? Choose carefully which question you're responding to. Tim. <laughs> the, uh, no, I, I had a, had a good friend growing up. We, we smoked out of an apple in at his There's back a, of yeah. grandma's house. Triple crown. Yep. And then we ate the apple and then we went for a canoe ride on the river. So, you know, a canoe ride. Pretty good day. Yeah. That sounds yeah. like a Willie Nelson song to me for some reason. Just very yeah. chill. Um, now Robin is off off camera um, and look this she might be our first Harvard graduate uh, on this podcast she she ran she's not here anymore (laughs) okay if you need me to get her back I can get her back no 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 I just didn't know if y'all were both coming in on this uh, as a tag team or uh, or what but if we have any Harvard questions what's Harvard's mascot crimson tide Sometimes something nope, that's do you know? No, I'm uh, asking for real. I don't know. Uh, oh, is it Robin? You there? Hey, what, what's Harvard's mascot? You know, I'm getting a blank stare, so no, okay. The inbreds, no, um, <laughs> the pilgrim, blue bloods, the pilgrim, John Harvard, the pilgrim. No, it, that's their that's the mascot. Yeah, don't this you is just good. Went, this is, uh, they're called the Crimson. I was fucking right. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, mother. Mm-hmm. I wasn't disagreeing. I just didn't know. All that the hard... Pilgrim is the guy. That's their Bucko Bruce. Yeah, he's he's got a huge square jaw like uh, American Dad and kind of cartoony looking. I think Harvard could have done better, but <laughs> yeah, a big a whiter white guy. <laughs> How white he is. Look at that jaw. Yeah, white. He's just he is as white as you could make a white guy mascot. Basically. Yes. They're they're not very woke, I guess. Um, back to back to uh, the hemp industry. Um, I I find the origins of it being kind of illegal interesting with uh, with the Hearst family. What uh, can you elaborate on? I mean, Hearst Hearst owned all the newspapers, right? And he didn't William Randolph Hearst. Yep, and he didn't yeah. and magazines right. and didn't want hemp to become a product uh, mm-hmm. that was. Uh, taking his business out essentially because he he was doing he was manufacturing his own stuff well and it it was like a cadre of these kind of you know uh barons and tycoons back in the day that kind of had different interests that uh, hemp or cannabis would have infringed on so yeah you know hearst with magazines and newspapers um you know the dupont family with some of the the rope and things that they were coming out with you know that it wasn't actually the, the kind of interesting thing is it wasn't really made illegal illegal until like the 70s really it was it, it was it was taxed into effective illegality uh, what, Whoa, that? what does that mean yeah what How does that, that happen come on brainiac what is that marijuana, the marijuana tax act came out and then nobody could grow it because there was no way to be able to actually you know produce it as uh you, you couldn't you had to pay so much money to do all the different things that go with it and you know from a farming perspective even now it's still very expensive to you know our production is still fairly expensive so you know, you've got you've got laws that were put in place to actually tax people away from producing it. And so it just wasn't something that people could produce. And then when everyone found out, like, oh, hey, this is, you know, the great uh, this is this is great for all of my artistic endeavors. And I'm, I'm, I'm flying sky high and riding on, on rivers. You know, maybe we shouldn't have that much fun. <laughs> what so, um, where do you see the business right now? What in terms of you know, the legality and the, where the lines are, we're in the state of Florida. 
I think a lot of your operation is in Florida, right? Um, And so, uh, you know, I've been, I go on stage talking about we, Florida needs it recreationally, arguably way more than any other state. Like we've got, we're taking, because we live here because we're crazy uh, because we have everybody's crazy fucking relatives here. So we need to calm the fuck down. Like is, uh, where, where are we at? Is it going to become recreational? What's the insider scoop? What do you think? What's your prediction? No, I, I don't really have the insider scoop on, (laughs) on the recreational side of things, but I, you know, a very interesting kind of thing that happened last year is Delta eight THC is a new cannabinoid or novel cannabinoid that uh, people have been able to refine and synthesize from hemp. And because it's a, uh, because it is a version of THC, kind of talk about like the way we describe it is it's Delta nine THC's cousin. Um, you know, so Delta eight uh-huh. THC got a different, it's got a different, you know, chemical structure, but it still gives you the same kind of euphoria, you know, same kind of high feeling. So all of the Delta eight products that you guys may have seen, uh, it, you know, gas stations or smoke shops or whatever, all of that is federally legal. So that the production of those products can move across state lines. Um, you know, Delta Gramco, which is one of our brands, is a Delta eight brand. So we have uh, products, everything from gummies and vapes and uh, a, a coffee that's been infused with Delta eight that can get you high. We're calling wake and bake. We think that's a that's a pretty cool uh, product. But uh, we're, like all I've of that, that before. We, yeah. Yeah, never done that before, but the uh, it's really cool. So it's got like water-soluble Delta-8 powder in it. So when you make a cup of coffee, you're actually consuming THC. <laughs> Completely high. negating the point of the coffee. <laughs> no, no, it gets you very focused, man. It's, it's the right kind of uh, mindset for a lot of different types of different types of work. I would I would say don't use it with you know heavy machinery, obviously, but um, you know it's. Anyway, so to get back to, I mean, Delta-8 is uh, a newer cannabinoid that people are utilizing in a lot of different types of products, which gives you the same types of effects that, you know, you would get from recreational or medicinal cannabis. Delta-8 isn't CBD because I'm trying to, uh, it's it's moved so fast that a lot of people, uh, this this whole industry really in the last, you know, 10 years has kind of exponentially gotten huge and so uh you know it's hard to kind of keep up with like your what's a cannabinoid what's uh delta eight i i you yeah you assume because we look like we smoke that we would know it but i don't even like it yeah yeah uh no that's, that's oh, i do good. have a medical marijuana oh, me <laughs> yeah about me and you yeah so like if you think about the compounds in the plant that are naturally occurring Okay. The one that everybody's excited about, the one that people have medical cards and recreational cards for, that's Delta 9 THC, tetra hydrocannabinol. Uh, that's CBD the stuff that gets you high. <laughs> high, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. High, high, you know, eat three pizzas, stay in a bean bag. I don't want to move. As Burt Kreischer says, higher than a giraffe pussy. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you can't use any of this video for for any of y'all's marketing. <laughs> cut it up. All right. The, uh, Go on. But so, those cannabinoids, so Delta 9 THC is the most famous. CBD is the one that, you know, you were just talking about. That was really big a couple of years back. CBD water, CBD, all sorts of stuff everywhere, CBD. But there's 150 of those types of compounds that are naturally occurring in the plant. So, you know, the next wave of these, and, and you're right, it's, it's pretty, it moves very fast. You know, it's this iterative cycle around what's the next novel cannabinoid? What's its use? 
um, you know, people are, are, are putting different cannabinoids for different uses. You know, one that people are excited about is like CBN. Uh, I don't know how to say it, but CBN, you know, works for like sleep aids. So they, they would think that, you know, it might mm. be something you take before, got a lot of anxiety, you can't calm down, you know, want to go to sleep, you would take, you know, a CBN product. Um, Instead of an talk- Indica, uh, like a T, uh, Delta 9 THC. Right. Yeah. So that that indica sativa like kind of scale, you know, there's what what we think about it is as there's different mixes of cannabinoids that actually give you those feelings. So a sativa versus an indica, like it used to be way back in the day that those were very unique types of plants, um, really because of the hybridization of the plant. There's been a lot of cross pollination, a lot of different breeding and stuff. There's a lot of different cannabinoid profiles that give you those effects. That's not really necessary. It's really easy to utilize indica or sativa as like this umbrella term. But really what you're talking about is like the active ingredients in the plant. So mm. what, how much CBD is there? How much uh, Delta 9 THC is there? How much CBN, CBG, all these other cannabinoids that people are, they're ingesting when they're ingesting those products mm-hmm. that then have that related effect to the kind of umbrella terms of indica or sativa. I can't wait to condescendingly misquote <laughs> what you just said about that yeah is it an indicator sativa oh while, while, high, while high just oh, watch the episode so it's not like, it does not play well at a party and someone's like oh yeah this is a really great indica and then you tell them like well yeah you shouldn't really call it that the people don't like being totally wrong so yeah well it, you know it, you have to have a simple way to kind of uh i was i was gonna my next thing i was gonna ask about is like there's no real categorization that everything's agreed on. It seems that way. I mean, I'm sure there is there a legal, it feels wild Westy. It, when you go yeah, into they need the nutrition facts, like they do for food. It's not, <laughs> it's not weed. very standardized, you know, like an <laughs> FDA would with food. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a I, lot of that, I'm sorry, I'm, go ahead. I'm echo. I'm yes. Ending. I'm, I'm co-signing. Yes. And exactly what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's interesting because a lot of the products that pe- that groups like ours and other groups in the industry, we have to play within the framework of a lot of those regulations. So, like, if the FDA says that you have a product that people are going to eat or ingest, nutritional facts, active ingredients, all that stuff has to be on the label. What you're seeing is, is you know, there are groups out there that either don't know or they're actively choosing not to put certain things on the labels. And, you know, it kind of falls back on enforcement to say, hey, you've seen there's actually been some uh, specific uh, FDA enforcement around medical claims. And so, you know, with CBD and some of these other groups are like, this will cure your hip pain every time you fall down, drink a CBD seltzer. And you're like, yeah, that's a medical claim. You can't say that without the backup and the research to be able to show that it actually does help whatever pain or anything. So, you know, uh, it is a little wild westy in that, you know, even you're thinking about all of the different touch points in uh, the industry that we have. So like we have genetics that are approved for farmers to grow in Florida that the Florida Department of Ag has said there's a list of approved genetics. You can't just grow any type of hemp. You can't just go to, you know, Colorado, buy some hemp seeds and bring them back and grow them here in the state. You have to get on this approved list. So we have some cultivars that Greenpoint grows that we sell to farmers that are approved, um, you know, and that's kind of a unique thing to Florida. And then you go all the way out to, you know, uh, the wild west of, well, if I buy this gummy that's a Delta 8 gummy, is it homogenous with all the other gummies that were in that 
mix when they were making that gummy? Or am I about to get, you know, bombed with all of the Delta eight from that mix it all sunk the, to the bottom in that one? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so homogeneity is something, you know, and consistency of, of product that, that we, we try to focus on internally. You know, we work with groups that are focused on providing consistent, you know, a, a consistent experience. Like if you guys, what's your favorite beers? Oh, dude, Bush Light all the way. Captain Morgan Bushlight. Rum. <laughs> there you go. A Bush Light, Captain Morgan Rum. So if you bought a bottle of Captain Morgan Rum or a 12 pack of Bush Light, you drank. Better taste the same. <laughs> you drank, drank a beer and you drank a, a, a rum drink, you would expect to feel a certain way. Uh-huh. If every time you drank a beer or you had that rum drink, you were either feeling aggressively drunk because off of one drink or not drunk at all. And you needed to drink 20 mm-hmm. of them. Right. You know, there's still this wild West kind of consistency problem that, that is plaguing the industry. So we're trying to get on top of that internally. We hope that other good actors out there are trying to do the same. Is there another crop you can compare it to? Cause you, cause booze is always going to be the closest comparison. Probably uh, y'all are in, in terms of, trying to figure out how to kind of make a standard. A Bush Light's going to have 5.5% alcohol. It's going to vary by state. Captain Morgan's going to have 35% alcohol, I think, 70 proof, whatever. Is that what it is? Yes. Uh, And so, like, and they've had decades to kind of ring that out. I feel like y'all are going at ultra speed, and it's, it's already getting so segmented out, like kind of like booze is now. Yeah. Be sure and come up with a stupid uh, way to scale it out, too, where it's like 70 proof, you have to do math, and it's half of that, and it's 35%. Right. Throw right. something stupid like that in there. That'd be great. Right. You Don't had do the, one to 100. The one friend in college is like, oh, go, uh, what is it, that 180 rum or whatever? And you're like, um, right. Is what? That, is that 180% rum? Yeah. What is it? And then they're like, you, Everlasting your friend has to leave like 10 right. minutes later. You're like, God damn yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And well, so we, so marijuana is getting that way. It feels like, uh, but mm-hmm. at hyper speed. So, uh, is y'all's business strategy to kind of find these, you know, these segmentations that people aren't looking for, like the hemp seeds that can be sold in a state that no one might not be doing because I think true leave has what, uh, on the retail side, at least, I don't know if they're vertically integrated like y'all are from seed to retail, but, you know, is are are y'all trying to compete in that differentiation of channels? Is that is that the strategy? Yeah. So, well, and to talk about the truly piece, so they're a medical marijuana provider in Florida, so they have the license there. Mm-hmm. So, by nature of having that license, they have to be vertically integrated. So they have their own genetics. They produce their own retail products that people buy at the dispensary. Oh, I didn't know that was a state by state kind of thing. State by state, and, and the products that they produce cannot be moved across state lines. So TrueLeaf might have a, a license in um, Massachusetts, and they can't produce cannabis or cannabis products on their side of the, the line. Again, you know, thinking about federal, federal legality versus non-federally legal cannabis. You can't uh, be like can't... Applebee's where they, they will ship a bunch of steaks out from wherever their hub is to all yeah. the gross restaurants around the country. That's not how it works in the true leap model on the medical right. side of things or the recreational side of things on the hemp side of things with us, that's not the case. We can do that. So, you know, we have a 30 acre nursery that's based a little bit South of Lakeland uh, that we're producing not only smokable flour, but also the, the starts and the seeds and things that we would sell to farmers. 
Um, but we can take our products, um, you know, from our, the farming partners that we work with in our internal farms, make these retail products like a Gramco or a Sativadol, um, you know, a vape or a gummy or something. We can transport it across state lines because the origin of that retail product is with hemp. So it's a federally legal derivative of the, of the hemp side of the business. So, you know, that's a long way of saying, you know, with your question around, you know, do we want to be fast, you know, on the leading edge of these products? We're more so on the bulk commodity side of things. I can produce bulk cannabinoids, whatever the cannabinoid is that you're looking for, either CBD, Delta-8, THCO is the next one you guys are going to hear about, um, CBG, all these different cannabinoids. We can produce those at a bulk scale to provide a consistent ingredient for whatever the retail consumer is looking for and what, um, you know, like a, a retail place might want to provide to their customers. So like we, we got into the retail side of things with Sativa and Gramco as a proof of concept, kind of a hedge on commodity prices, but more so like we're large scale producers. So we just, we want to sell bulk cannabinoids to people that are making products that are delighting all of their uh, end use customers. So other than ingesting, what it, I mean, is there other uses that you guys are selling it for? Yeah, I'm, well, uh, not us. Oh, so or any suppositories you, or something cool? I mean, other I, things? that I, counts I, as ingesting. Oh well, not I thought, putting it in you. I'm saying like making things like a knapsack. I re, I retract my question. So this, there, when we think about the hemp industry, uh, there's kind of three legs to the stool. So there's uh, the the high cannabinoid, high oil crop, which is what we're focused on. There's fiber crop, which is, you know, knapsacks, clothes, rope, and things like that. It's a repository crop. Yeah. Sorry. Flip that okay, stool I over. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Had to yeah. do it. Wink, wink. Not, the three I'm of sorry. us could have a good stool. All right. There you go. Made it work. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there's the, the feed side of things. So you'll see like uh, hemp protein, if you go to like Walmart or stuff, hemp seeds that you can put on salads. Um, and so the production methods for those three different segments are a little bit different. And the actual, the plant that you would plant and put into the ground is different. So you think about it, like the difference between like a navel orange and um, like a, a pulp orange that's used for just like uh, orange juice. So like one, you would be eating one you're drinking. There's, you know, different effective cultivars of oranges and that's kind of the way that you you would think about it with with uh, hemp okay that helps yeah but um get that i just uh, put a button on the, the last part we were talking about with the so your volume you're kind of about volume bulk but kind of niche um for lack of a better term category or segmentation of the market is that fair to say yeah yeah we think about it like a production platform so we have an agricultural production platform that can point at whatever cannabinoid is needed for the marketplace. So as a, for instance, if you had a large scale buyer that wanted to use CBG, which has antibacterial qualities in like a soap, um, mm. you know, we could produce, we could spin the agricultural production model up to produce high CBG cannabis hemp that would then be extracted with our extractor and distilled and then isolated into the actual CBG isolate, they would be using as the active ingredient in their consumable product. Better I knew you had to go to Harvard to be able to do this stuff. 
He, I was always like, I, I think I can do it. I was man, like, I, I it's hard. He went to Far, Auburn, bro. Farming. Oh, well, that offsets Does, it, though. Robin, the CMO who uh, I know left. Robin. I know. She was I the assume Harvard. she's the brains. She's the CMO. I mean, he's answering stuff. This He's turned into a goddamn scientist. I don't like I know. It's crazy. Becoming what I'm saying. a nerd. I feel stupid uh, is my point. Well, what's crazy is so like, you know, all right. So, Law, well, we went to Auburn. I'm from Tampa. You're from Tampa. Uh, city boys. So is Eric. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, Went to law school. I was going to be an attorney, you know, excited about being an attorney. Now I'm working in fields at the nursery in our production, you know, manufacturing space. You know, there's a lot to learn about all that stuff. You know, like a common misconception. There's a video going around like Mike Bloomberg back when he was running for president. And he's like, you know, farming's easy. You just put a seed in the ground, you cover it with some soil (laughs) and then water it and shit grows. It's money, you know, money trees. And it's like everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's been it's been a, a, a substantial learning process to try and get up to speed on a lot of the stuff and the changes that you guys, that you're identifying, you know, that's, it has a lot of ramifications for us internally because we're like, okay, what's the next thing that people are excited about? How do we breed our products and our plants to get to a higher like dosage or a higher compound content in our cannabis to be able to point the agricultural platform at that, uh, end use bulk commodity, whatever it may be. But yeah, I, I, I find, um, so you're trying to, f- how do you research trying to find that next trend? What's your criteria? What do you really, you know, um, are you guys uh, testing a lot of stuff and just uh, going, this might be the next thing that we're, we're going to push it out and push it out from us out? Or you hear something uh, you know, how are you researching this to figure out what the next thing is? Because finding a trend uh, and riding that wave is difficult, right? I mean, that's the research and Greenpoint research, I assume. Yeah, very much so. It, it, well, and, you know, we hear about things. So we have a pretty substantial, like, sales network. So not, you know, groups that work directly for Greenpoint research, but groups we interface with that are kind of on that leading edge. You know, what is the consumer looking for? Um, you know, so we get a lot of feedback from the network nationwide that's asking, hey, we're looking for, you know, a thousand kilos of THCO, which is a new cannabinoid that people are excited about. The, the next one we think kind of on the horizon is THCO. It kind of it was kind of the same. So we, we had, a you know, um, the largest cannabis harvest in the history of Florida we had in 2018 or excuse me, 2019. Congratulations. So, Mazel yeah, tov. Thank you. Um, and so that was a high CBD crop. So again, an oil crop planted in rows, 150 acres of, of product. And so CBD at that time was what everybody was excited about. And you heard rumblings of Delta eight and people are like, well, Delta eight might be the next new thing. You know, lo and behold, 2020, 2021 comes around. Um, yeah. And, and all the Delta eight, Delta eight is everywhere. Now, if you walk into any of these smoke shops, you can find Delta eight products. And so, it's really the, it's really a feedback loop about what is, what are the brokers, what is the network kind of asking about in some of these kind of far flung places, you know, California, Colorado, um, and then trying to be able to start working on internally getting ready for being able to produce, uh, you know, a significant amount of that bulk commodity, whatever it is. Are are y'all looking into the psychedelic market? Uh, that seems to be another um, kind of industry sector of this kind of, of this kind of area, it's a crop 
you know, it yeah, it but it's like a whole different ball game. Yeah, but are you guys uh, looking into that as well? Because that seems to be probably, on the yeah. whole another big wave uh, coming. You know, probably in the next decade, a little bit. Yeah, they all they all kind of fit under this like alternative health and wellness side of things, and I think there's actually been a lot more research done on the psilocybin, uh, you know, uh, mushroom therapy. Um, you know. One of the issues with cannabis is that it, because it's a Schedule One drug, it's been a Schedule One drug. There hasn't been as much research as there probably should have been about what those possible health and wellness benefits are. Um, to answer your question directly, we're not focused on mushrooms. We we uh, had had a presentation that someone was telling us about how to farm them. We're like that doesn't match with any of the stuff we're doing. No. So oh, that's okay. that's not going to be that's not going to be a focus for us. Gotcha. So it's not not even in the same ballpark. It, it's a similar process, maybe. Uh, They're not even uh, the same. What is it? Genus. Genus. Nice. I didn't say that. I said genus. Genus. You said genius. I said genus, like penis. We That's have it on tape. It. We have it on tape. I'll, penis. I'll never look at it. Um, I know. All right, light. Uh, thanks for en- enlightening us. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> um. <laughs> Can you, uh, we ask everybody that's come on the podcast the first time, uh, this question will end on this. Uh, what advice would you give your 13 year old self? What advice would I give my 13 year old self? By the way, I'll, I'll vamp for a second. Uh, I love that everybody that comes on the show never doesn't know that it's coming. It's always, (laughs) I was going to say the same fucking thing. Everybody's like, whoa. Damn, dude, you went deep, dude. Glad you're a fan. I could go, you could go deep with the answer or I could go very superficial. So the, the superficial one would be don't bleach your hair blonde because that's, that's a bad look for you. Yeah, that's a good add-on at the end. You probably got called yeah. Smash Mouth, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, because you'll be haunted by these pictures that come up that your mom brings out. It's just a bad look. You don't want people to see that. The, I mean, the, the deep philosophical one would be just be more curious. I think, you know, at that age, I was a little closed off to, you know, philosophical ideas, reading books and stuff. I, I liked, you know, I really wasn't, I was into running around with friends, playing football and, you know, doing that type of stuff. And, you know, reading as an adult, trying to understand more about business, about the world, how things are connected. I, you know, I think getting that at an earlier age would have been a, would have been better for me. Yeah. It's, um, I, I'm, I think about successful people and one of the things that makes them successful is being curious and trying to f- either find the answer or get close to finding the answer, you know, um, and asking why or what, why, how does this work? Those kind of things. And when, when, maybe where, um, but it's one of those things where I, I, it's, that's a reminder because I try to foster curiosity out of my kids when they ask mm-hmm. questions, I try to answer them no matter how, benign and pissed i am that my daughter knows that she'll just benign start nine and pissed right well like benign the questions but also piss because my daughter just asks questions because she knows it's starting to annoy me because yeah. she's not really giving a shit and then i'm like <laughs> you're not really asking me at least she asks you questions she just p- pokes at me yeah but she wants to beat you up and she might you know one day um bring it mini light <laughs> thanks for coming on uh and uh, any any anything else we can promote? Uh, who who can we get the word out about y'all? Or are you just totally your own deal? Um, 
Uh, we're, we're looking. So we launched Wake and Bake Coffee. If anybody likes coffee and or likes cannabis, this is a great product for you guys. So thegramco.com, Wake and Bake Coffee with Delta 8. We'll ship it anywhere. You can uh, have a legal high delivered directly to your door from Gramco anywhere in the U.S. And look, you've had a resting heart rate of like 40 beats per minute. Uh, and answered everything swimmingly. So maybe that coffee works. Maybe we got to get it. Yeah. It, will, it will help you stay on the right uh, frame of mind to, to be able to have some fun. Just sprinkle a little cocaine in there. It'll be great. Uh, all right, man. Uh, appreciate you coming on. I'll see you when you're uh, up this way next time. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks, dude. Later. All right.